Hi, everyone. Welcome to the TimingResearch.com crowd forecast news for uh, November 20th, 2023. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern, and this is episode number 409. Uh, my name is David Cosmeter. I am the creator of TimingResearch.com, and uh, today we are going to be talking on a it's a holiday week, so there's uh, going to be one off day for the market, and uh, Friday is a half day, I believe, right? Yep. And uh, so today I've arranged for Michael Filigero to join us again, <clears throat> and the option professor uh, is back to moderate. So I'll turn it over to them. Okay. Thanks, David. And uh, welcome, everybody. We're going to have a, a big show here today because there are some significant things going on, as there always is, but uh, we have made new highs in the SMH, so the semiconductor index has made a new high above what it did this summer. So not all-time high, I don't think, but uh, higher than it was this summer. And so did um, uh, the Qs. So uh, kind of interesting that they've made new highs. And we've got the Russell still 20 bucks uh, underneath its high, and we got the S&P about 70 points underneath its high. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if it's going to do catch-up or if uh, the the uh, tech is going to pull back a little bit. Tomorrow, we've got big news also, uh, NVIDIA's announcement of their earnings. Um, and so uh, there's quite a bit going on here this week, although it's a holiday week, so we'll have to keep our eyes open. Uh, with us today is Michael Filigera. He's going to give a quick background on himself, and then we're going to jump into these markets and see if we can provide you with some good information. Michael? Hi, Jim. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Uh, my name is Michael Filigera, and I am the chief cook and bottle wash for Traders Helping Traders and LogicalSignals.com. And my background is, is that I started as an options market maker here in San Francisco in 1979. I've traded here in San Francisco on the London traded options market, the European options exchange in Amsterdam, and also on the DTB, which is the German bourse in Germany. And then I returned, I lived in Europe, I returned to the United States in the 90s, went back to the Pacific coast, traded again for about three or four years. And then about 2001, the markets really started to, or the floors, I should say, really started to get extremely quiet. And that was primarily due to, uh, even though the NASDAQ was crashing, it's primarily due to uh, everything going electronic. And so I moved off the floor and came and set myself up in my home and continued to trade. And about 2013, I decided that I, so I became a day trader. And so I've been basically involved with that. And it was shortly there. Uh, my now good friend, David Kutter, contacted me to start. All righty. At the end, of course, you're going to explain how people can get a hold of you to take advantage of uh, your uh, services there. But uh, right now, let's get into the market here. Again, uh, S&P uh, opened up here and we've got the, uh, like I was saying, the cues and the uh, um, what are you seeing right now? Because, you know, frankly, most all moving averages are under the price and rising. So it's kind right. of hard to uh, pick a high point. You know what I mean? It is. And that's why I use Fibonacci. So yeah. um, I've, I've got mine on the daily chart. And again, what you're seeing, all my lettering and the numbering, and that's all my Elliott wave count, which is getting tossed back and forth. I think the 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 most important thing to mention right now and I don't remember if we actually talked about it last week. And that is a Zweig breadth thrust indicator. And what the breadth thrust is, the breadth of the market. And that really is the advanced line. And it got triggered twice in 2023. One time I'll chart, I'll show you where they got triggered. These are, these are both important. The first time it got triggered was back in May. And that would be over in this area. And I believe it was right there where it got triggered. The second time it got triggered was here 
in November. And it actually got triggered twice, once there and once here. This particular time, which was on the CPI number from last week, produced, I think it was 17 to 1. In other words, yeah, no, the, the, uh, the AD line went nuts. Yeah, the AD line went nuts. It was at least 15 to 1. Okay, so what that what that signifies, folks, and in case you're wondering, is that for every 15 that we're advancing, and that's just that's just like advances swamping the market. So the underlying fact to bear in mind when you're looking at this indicator is when it gets triggered, it normally doesn't even happen once a year, but it's happened twice. This and the underlying message is that this indicator, when triggered, has a 100% success rate of forecasting that the markets will be higher, in this case, 6 to 12 months out. They'll be higher than where they are now by 15 to 25%. So when we got this, you can see the second time it got triggered, why they just kept buying, why they are just keeping buying now. And a lot of that is because what we did see is... What has been missing out of a lot of our market, macro traders. These are the asset managers, the fund managers that really produce and keep positions based on more macroeconomic. So this indicator being triggered was macroeconomic data enough for them, but we're truly that the trigger was the CPI. And what the CPI, the narrative changed, and the CPI then started to discuss, or that number started to bring out a discussion that the Fed had completed and done raising rates. And in fact, we had many analysts then come back out and start talking about when they were now going to expect the market or the Fed to begin to cut. And those estimates are now May, June, July of 2020. So when that happened, it, it truly forces an analyst such as myself to revisit because it's not something that we should ignore. And what I mean by that is because it has a 100% success rate, I'm not going to ignore it. But at the same time, I have to be honest that currently I'm looking at this going like, well, I know we've got some analysts out there who are talking about Fed's going to start cutting next year, but they're considering that we, we, we may be confronting a sudden 30% die in the market prior. And that actually fits in what one of my, I'm running two counts and I'm calling them both alternate because the market hasn't really decided. So I have one count that which continues to suggest and allow for a 30% drop. And <clears throat> that would then take us back out. I'm going out to, to my weekly chart where we can see uh, what I'm talking about. So right now, this is the all-time high. And I think, and, and again, we're in a very much, much larger correction. So what I have <clears throat> would be the primary A wave. And this is still a primary B wave. But, but I had considered that the primary B wave was here. And so what this would be is the first wave down of a C wave. Now, if that's the case, a primary C, we're looking for levels that are going to be much lower. And if the if the S&P were to say, let's see, it gets up and finishes somewhere around 4870, somewhere even 4714, anywhere up in this zone, they finish it, take 30% of it, and guess where that brings it? Right back down to here, which would put in that C wave, complete cycle degree A wave, and produce this gigantic rally, which would then fulfill the, the prophecy of that indicator. Because I would be looking for 
a very large, strong counter-trend rally, but rally nonetheless, and most likely would then take the market because it would have the potential to make take the market to new all-time. How is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, you know, the, you just have to have those two scenarios uh, take place. One is that everyone thinks the Fed is done and inflation is licked, although yeah. we're at 3.2% inflation and the core is at 4%. So to say that right. they're done at 3.2 and at 4, that could be wrong. And then, of course, they're looking for the Fed to start cutting massively. That could be wrong. And then the earnings forecasts are quite robust. Uh, we're looking at 3.2% growth in Q4, but then in Q1 and Q2 of next year, they're looking right. for a 6.7% jump and a 10.5% jump in Q2. Now, if those earnings come in, you know that that is going to be the fuel to get this thing to go back up. And if rates were to drop down, that takes a lot of pressure off valuation. So right. there's a very good shot that uh, that the, the long term you talk about could certainly come in if those earnings forecasts are correct. But between now and Q1, um, maybe there'll be some uh, some adjustment on the enthusiasm of all these cuts and inflation done, and the Fed is going to start cutting and all that. Because if, if obviously they changed their tune or that tune was changed for uh, reasons, um, people are not positioned for that. Right. And as we speak, as we speak, both the NASDAQ and the S&P have moved above their week-ago high. And that yeah. actually was was needed. A week ago, the, the S&P got to 45.43. It now just touched 45.56 on its way. So it just kind of exceeded... My first resistance yep. zone was 52. It's now on its way to uh, 45.83. So I'm really calling it 80 to 90. But here's right. my here's my zone that I think would be perfect for this whole thing to complete. It's up here at 46. I'm calling this 46.30 to 46. Right now, that really will get all the all the bulls excited. Like, see, told you we're going to new all time highs. But it also could be yep. the point where it's like, okay, that's enough. Bam. Yeah. No, there's so, no question. Uh, every every uh, manager uh, has gotten every one of his customers in on this thing now. There's no doubt about that. And right. uh, the big thing that I'm uh, saying, and I'll be looking at my indicators, which is relative, uh, a relative strength index showing a divergence, and then, of course, a moving average pointing down. When those two things happen, then the thing called reversion to the mean. And the higher it goes, it doesn't become less overbought. So the bottom line is, is that uh, you know a reversion to the mean at some point between now and um, and the January time frame is certainly, I think, uh, not unrealistic, but there's no evidence of it yet. So that's why it's always important to get evidence before, you know, you, you uh, think about something like that, because, you know, reversion to the mean is not like an exact science. It just happens when it happens, you know. I remember I said I had the two alternates and running side by side. I gave you the first one, which would suggest yeah. that larger drop. The second one does su suggest new all time. But if I'm doing now, it, what is, the, what is the story on the Fibonacci up here? Where Where's your uh, 0. 0.618 uh, level? 0. 0.618 is right here. That's but that is just for this. One. If I'm going out here for the minor fifth, 0. 0.618 is 4535, 45, 4585 would be 0. 0.618. It's this one. That's just that's just but. That's minimal. When looking at a fifth wave on a Fibonacci basis, you compare it to the first wave. And the first number really that comes up is equality, where wave five equals wave one. And that's up here at 48. So does it have upside potential? Absolutely, under this particular count. Can I say that that's yeah. definitively where it's going to go? Jim and I just went over the reasons why. Yeah. But 
But technically, well, like I say, at this point, at this point, you, I mean, at this point, letting it run to me makes some sense, and then look for your uh, relative strength indicating an exhaustion, and then look for your at least one of your minor moving averages to start pointing down, and then start thinking about reversion to the mean because the higher it gets, the further from the mean it's getting. You know? Have the daily just starting to get into over overbought? Let me see where the weekly. Now nah, the weekly. See the weekly starting to possibly diverge. Right? See how it's kind of mm -hmm. cresting. So mm -hmm. you know we got it building. So we just have to patience. Patience is going to be the name of the game here. To be honest with. You. And so and again when we're considering all time high, you know it depends on what time frame. Because I think if I go out and, here, uh, this all-time high at 20, I think I had one chart came down to my hourly daily. And I went over here. This is 5,000 because it's basis, the December contract. Drives me crazy with Thinkorswim that they make, a, you know, they make adjustments for the contract role, but that's not one of them until I go out to my weekly chart. On my weekly chart, it'll be back down at 48. Well, why don't we look at uh, NVIDIA, because I saw a divergence in the RSI. Um, RSI was on my longer-term graphs, the 20-year graphs. Uh, the RSI is at 65. Last time it was up here was 73. And then back uh, when it hit 350 on the big run-up, it went to 87. So the, uh, RSI right. seems to, you know, the RSI seems to be fading. And, of course, the whole world is long NVIDIA. And, of course, they're all expecting this uh, earnings tomorrow to be just unbelievable, which it very well could be. But if it's not, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happened to the stock, you know. Oh, it just not get itself. Well, I tell you, the way the RSI is, if it if it does get a good report and it starts blowing through 500, it could go, you know, parabolic. Actually, yes, I agree. <laughs> we could have enough. We could have an additional up 100. Yeah. Or after but it hours. could be a deal, you know. Yeah, like I say, it really will come down to how much they blow it out of the park. Uh, and uh, you know, some well, of these companies have been announcing pretty good earnings. We have the 20-year chart. It's been a it's been incredible rally. Let's just take it off yeah. this low, which which is a, a bigger low for most most companies, even though that Nvidia was here. We take it from mm -hmm. there. Yeah, this is a weird one. I have to say one, two, and then one, two, and three, four, five, four, five, three. So even on that long term chart, and and this is a very bare bones take a look and jump. But if I kind of do it again, one, two, and now we start a third way. One, two, three, five of this, four, five of this three so actually you have to tell you it could be that they're not going to be impressed you get a fourth wave and then you do a fifth yeah because like i said when i see 73 versus 65 that's enough of a divergence to tell me that the volume's drying up a little bit on this thing and of course going into this thing you're not going to go tell your boss you're shorting nvidia into earnings you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah because so, you won't be working on money short is, is either hedging, hedging or something you know what i mean Right. No, I agree with you. But it, it, it does explain a lot as to why, because normally by now, they'd be seeing a lot of pushes to get it above 500, like they're trying again now, and it just reaches the level. So I do think that there might be a lot of uh, professional traders or institutional people that are willing to start to hedge here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like how about some of these other hot stocks? Right. Like, uh, how about uh, some of these other hot stocks real quick? Like Lily, L-L-Y. It seemed to be meandering just above 600. Um, is this thing peaking a little bit, or what do you think? Because it obviously went through the roof. Besides, on a twenty-year chart, it's looking parabolic. Yeah, I mean, look at this. I was looking look at, at the long-term slope. Term. Which how which yeah. which one? <clears throat> I was, I was which, looking at uh, both the the one-year and then uh, the five-year and the twenty-year. And uh, you know, is, it does here's seem to the be twenty. Yeah, and it's straight up. Wow. 
Yeah. Look yeah. at this thing. So I was thinking the, the one year might be in the last month or so. Uh, it's been kind of range bound, maybe 620, something like that. Here's a two-year. Oh, this was this huge gap that were they earning. Well, they also that announcement of that uh, drug thing. Yeah. Um, the two-year is not as healthy, and it's definitely sideways, and your RSI is yeah. not looking as strong. So it hasn't been until very recent that, and here's Barkin, by the that what he sees inflation being stubborn, makes a case for keeping rates higher for longer. That's Barkin. Yeah. And he's the vice well, chair. Water. You gotta, you're going to have to throw some water on this thing because the crowd's getting out of hand. I hear you. <laughs> and, and every time the market goes up and gets itself to a slight new high, they repeat that news, they repeat that little clip. Because yeah. it just brought the I, I, had no, I, had, I, had no, I had no trouble being positive in the 4100s, but uh, now we're close to 4600s, and it's all based on uh, on this Fed being done and inflation being dead. And those are two pretty big statements. Degree now, Lily. It's a t- they've all already reported. I think they have. It's uh, 80. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, 90 percent are in. Uh, the uh, earnings were beat about 80 percent of the time, so it was a good earnings season. Uh, it's supposed to dip a little bit in Q4, but then it's supposed to go nuts in Q1 and Q2. So, you know, the valuation uh, to be know, honest with you for them, Q how they can kind of go Q1 and 2 were supposed to go nuts. It's like you're you're thinking again low interest rate environment and yeah. that the world is wonderful yeah so i, I well, you're, you're saying this inflation it continues down continues down continues down and right. you know um and you're looking at the, the earnings popping and so if the earnings are going to jump six and ten uh, percent in the first half of next year you know obviously that would be very supportive to stocks I agree. but at some point I'm beginning to hear it from a lot of people but I now I have to try to think of a. I could be. I know there's been some talk from analysts who are basically beginning to say that the market stocks are open. And if indeed, like like Jim is saying, that interest rates don't get cut, that that inflation doesn't get, t- or even if it does, if inflation, even if the Fed comes out and says, you know, we're going to raise that target, we're going to call it three percent, which I've often thought that's exactly what they're. Gonna- um, which would clear the to start to cut rates. Well, what's got to happen prior to is like what's really going to create an atmosphere for the Fed to cut rates? Deflation, recession, that is what will happen. And that will give them the reason to cut. So the market is buying into, well, if the Fed cuts at any time, it's bullish. I'm like, no, I don't think we can start interpreting that free money is going to continue to be bullish when it's not because we're it had there has to be a, a this at this juncture in my opinion there has to be a different reason for the fed to cut other than well we're just going to bring rates because we we believe the market that's the well there's some talk the, the, the bulls are hanging on to the talk that says there's a danger of overshooting that some of the fed officials say but december 13th they meet again and they're going to have a new dot plot and it'll be interesting to see what their dot plot is. The bulls are saying the dot plot is going to show rates are going to get cut by two points. Hey, you know, if so we over, the, that, over no, the dot plot I think goes out a year. Yeah, and they're going to, and if they start in July or May or June or whatever it was. Well, some are I saying just, it'll start earlier, like March, right? I've not heard that, but I don't, I, I can't say that you're. I would imagine somebody is. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't. I think if we need to just kind of step back and really look at reality, and again. How you know I'm hanging the hat on on that indicator triggering twice in 2023, and that leans heavier. On, but I but it does not erase the position of the market right now. Yeah, that is like we need to pull back. 
And so, which is a reversion, it's a reversion to the mean. It's a reversion to the mean. Risk Amen. Right now. Yeah. yeah. And where, okay, let me just ask you, even if we're talking S&P, and I'm going to put that back up, because my question would be, where are you considering? the? Well, I have all these moving averages, which I consider the mean. And I think they uh, started around uh, 41.50. And then you got some probably at 42.50, 43.50, that kind of thing. Okay. That 20 year chart. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me here, but well, uh, on the twenty-year graph, yeah, the twenty-year graph on the averages that I'm looking at um, are basically coming in. You got I think, it. You're, uh, you're absolutely right. I've got a fifty simple sitting at forty-two forty-five, and I got the two hundred simple sitting at thirty-nine sixty-five. So let's take the diff. Yeah. you're right there, at forty-one. So yeah. yeah, yeah, a reversion to the mean pulls us back down to that, and I don't think that's unhealthy. You know. Well, I tell you, going right up to 5,400 wouldn't be very healthy, except for the people who own stock, because it would probably mean uh, that you've got a pretty uh, robust, um, shall we say, uh, ability to charge people money. I agree with you. I agree with you. Because on if, that. You go, if you go up to those neighborhoods, if, if the profits are going to be going up like they're talking about, you know, it's going to have something to do with higher prices. Right. Now, I, I do not do the value. It doesn't suggest that we're in the healthy economy by running stocks or even thousands. It doesn't. Now, let's look at the small caps, uh, IWM. And get a look at an idea of this thing, because the last time we were in the summertime, it was at 200 on IWM, and we're at about 180 now. Do you see on uh, the stuff you're looking at that it's going to have a heck of a time getting above 200 or even to 200? I or do. I do. Let me bring it out of the out of the super big pick. And let me go to a t First of all, you can see same deal. I consider that this high, which is a 240. 30, excuse me, 234 was a high, a, a major high. And then the market went through, put an A wave down, primary A. Then it does this absolutely gorgeous, and I'd extend these, but they, on toss, it goes and it cuts into this, which is why they're not, but it is a triangle. That formed primary wave. Now we're getting a primary down. Now, let me bring it into, oh, sir, they're doing. I would put an immediate wave here, and I'm leaving this open as to what exactly all of this be. I just have that it did five waves and now it's beginning to rally. Now I'm going to bring it down one. I'm labeling this one too, but it very, very easily can be A, B, C, which in case, if this is one, it would be an A, B, C, two, and we roll over and it goes strongly. So we're right. back to that scenario of, hey, do the markets have a chance or a possibility, or is there something that could trigger a 30, 30% or greater decline over a short period of time. And when I look back and I like, well, we weren't expecting a pandemic and we certainly weren't expecting that everything would get shut down and none of us could get up and go out to work. Right. So is there a situation that could do it? Yes. Could it be unexpected? Yes. What could it be now? Well, we got a lot of geopolitical hotspots all around our, all around. Us. We have a internal political hotspot. And so, yeah, there are plenty of things that could be a shock to the system. Boom, we drop and boom, then it comes back because the government then, or the Fed then may step back in and go like, okay, we need to stimulate. Okay, let's cut rates. Then yeah. that, then cutting rates more aggressively makes total sense, right? They're going to stimulate without injecting. Now, let, uh, let's, let's turn a little bit to uh, energy because there are those who believe that the supplies are still going to be problematic. And that the winter will be cold for natural gas. So let's take a look at the crude, uh, and then we'll go into a couple of different stocks. Uh, sure. uh, can you put up um, um, here's crude CLZ? Yeah, crude. It's crude. 
crude. Now, I had I had a ton of support. I had a ton of support between seventy and seventy three, which is hell. But I also got uh, decent resistance. Bottom, at my 80. friend, 72, 72, 37. Yeah. No, that's where you want to take your shot. Now you're just hoping it keeps going, and, and your hope will be more confirmed if we get above eighty, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, because yeah. now we're back in the upswing. And if I do this correctly, this upswing should carry us all the way, right? It surpassed 618. Now, and again, that is taking from that low up to the high down to this. Is it? Yes. I'm a little bit off. I'd have my numbers. So we're, we should even be higher. But our next tackling spot should be 83. And then beyond yeah. that, then we're looking like, yeah, we can go above now. Because, yeah, you know, one thing that was very helpful to me, both on the up and the downside, is the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index, which half of it is energy. And uh, it is at 565. And my work says, uh, well, I, I have GDZ, but I don't know how you get it. GDZ? GDZ. No. George yeah. Davis. So anyway, the what do you call it? It's at 565. And uh, if it can get above 578 and 581, it would really turn the trend back up pretty nicely. And if that trend gets turned up, I think that the oil will will definitely get their legs back. So your move to 80 or 83 might take that index up towards that resistance, uh, 578, 581. And maybe it fails yeah. from there if it can't get above. I Yes. So that's why I, I'm, 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 it I'm actually, a It actually would depend on structure. Yeah. One, two, it's very bullish. But what yeah. it does look like, as soon as it can complete five up on a four, a one hour chart, you're looking for three down. So whatever happens, if it can get itself up towards eight and then it pulls back, you want it to hold 76.50 if it's going to do another leg. But I would definitively, no matter what, whether it's corrective or not, I'd be looking for the five, then a three, and then another five. And then what's the conditions? What's going on? Are, are we going to just re, uh, just back a little bit and run up in another five? Or are we done? And what I mean by that. Now, let's, uh, let's look at, uh, why don't we look at Occidental Petroleum and see if there's something going on there? Because I think uh, Buffett still is a believer in that company. And well, Would you want me to start? Then you're a two-year. Oh, why? Yeah, let, let's start out with, uh, you know, long, a longer term and move it into the close end. Okay, here's the 10-year. Yeah, we so get we're big picture, small, medium. The, so we're coming off of that eight forty nine low, eight dollars and forty nine on October. So now yeah. we're going to open this up long term for yeah. I think we got one more pop. This has been look at the sideways move over a year. Yeah, over a year yeah. it's been sideways. Yeah, one way or the other it's going to break. We'll say that. Yeah. one way or the other it breaks. But my guess it's pretty much we don't actually do day to day. Is that it's going right. to pop? What about in the natural gas sector? RRC Range Resource. Uh -huh. wow. Same time frame. Taking it off the low from March of buck eighty. Your moving averages are under the price on this, isn't it? Oh, very much. Yeah, you got divergence galore. Yeah, on a tear chart, you got galore. Yeah, people are talking um, El Nino causing a pretty cold winter in Europe and the Northeast, and that could be positive for this kind of thing. Then why is the RSI sitting depressed? Lagging. Yeah. yeah. Lagging big time. I mean, if I had to go here, I go one, two. This is strong. Two. It's very choppy, choppy. So it's always more difficult. Commodity, but natural gas fluctuates so much. Oh, how much? Did, even if I just go from Feb low, it's quite a. It's quite a march. Fifteen. Why are May? So maybe you do end up back to here. And well, if we have if we have deflation, of course that'll help hurt everything. True. Yeah. I don't. Can, I don't think we realistically. I, how realistic we could actually win that. Yeah. I think they're going to, but I, what's going to kick it in? What's going to lead it? I think that's like, if they're crude, it's silly. The dollar, dollar going, look at gold. Gold's not normally lower dollar, higher gold, simply because the euro is gaining good ground. So, well, yeah, of course it is. I mean, when our, when our yields go from 5% down to 440 so quickly, obviously they're going to fade the dollar. But I'm thinking this 102, 104 neighborhood, 
could very well be the low of that move unless they're going to bring the yields all the way under 4%. If that happens, obviously the dollar could go in the toilet pretty good. But if they don't, I uh, don't. I'm, I'm, thinking 10, I'm thinking 102, 104 is the bottom of the pullback off 107, 108. Well, I've got that listed as, so I think we're in a wave three. Correct. The low part. But oh yeah, but, no. If, if, it break, if it breaks one oh, if it breaks one oh four, one oh two, it's definitely going to far. Yeah. yeah and, from what but I see. even let's pull it down because it'll shorten. The, I mean, this is a strong, strong like kill it, kill it, kill it. So you're right. We're we're honing in on one oh three. If yeah. it breaks one oh three, then you likely quickly sink it to. I mean, excuse me, one oh two. Yeah. Now and so that's the neighborhood, you know. But I mean, if the yields were to drop under four on the ten year. You know, than any support that the dollar had, because we've got fiscal problems up the kazoo, and so uh, people are going to start, uh, you know, fading that U.S. dollar uh, if the yield advantage is being thrown out the window. Let's. I do have a. I do think we're. Now, I, I have it. I have it stopped. I have it stopping between four percent and four and a quarter. Worst case. So basically, that's. Um, that I mean, that's unless we're going to these three percent yields and this stuff that everyone is talking. Not yet. Not yet. No, it just kind of did. It just kind of blew through four and a half support. Yeah. But it started like it wanted to get back to, but now they're now they're beginning to, you know, they're rallying the bond market strongly, which is nice. So you're right, because next stop could be four two. It should yeah. definitively find some support of four point. I agree. Three and a half, four, yeah. four, three and a half, four, three. But then it could drop. And then I think it finds stronger support than a 4.2, 3, 4. We are pulling into where a low, we should get a rally back to at least four and a half to f- then again another decline. So yeah. depending on what this thing does rally back, if this thing rallied back anywhere near 480 or 5, this uh, stock market rally, I think, would be uh, definitely a Oh, it would cooked. If, if, it, if it dared rally back, dare. Yeah. If it has any necessity to go back to five, well, that tells you they ain't cutting rates. So, right. you know, I agree with you. It would, it would absolutely, and the whole narrative would kill it. Kill it. Now, when the dollar does drop, and I mentioned this many times on these broadcasts, and I mentioned it for the last six months. I mean, if the dollar does roll over, these uh, countries uh, like uh, Brazil, EWZ, uh, Mexico, EWW, India, INDA, um, and the other, uh, you know, developing, uh, you know, developing nations, emerging markets, they would benefit, I think, quite a bit. And they certainly have lately, I think, if you look at EEM and some of the other ones, EEM, EWZ, EWW, INDA, you know, India, all those. Like Euro-Pacific. EN, Edward, Edward, Nancy. No, Mary. Edward, Edward, Mary. That's pretty much China and uh, Asia. They are. They are. Right. And then Mexico, EWW. Yeah, EWW was way down in the 50s and the 40s or whatever, and that just jammed out of there. Well, it certainly did. With the yeah. with, and you're um, you're right. We I I don't have the ability. I can know how. If I were to put the uh, the dollar index chart over this, you would yeah. see that. Well, I'm sure it would look like a twin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Except going in the opposite yeah. direction. Dollars going down. Right. Those are going. So yeah, I agree. I agree with that statement. You know, if the dollar does any turn and starts to go up, these guys will go down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, another thing on the gold, uh, before we get into the price, there's a couple of gold stocks that I thought the charts looked pretty good on, uh, particularly if gold is ever going to break above that 2000 area, get that RSI through 60 and go into an acceleration phase. Uh, GFI, gold fields, 
it's I think it's one of the better long term looking charts. As long as it can get above thirteen, fourteen, I mean, it could really have a future. The ten year wow. And look how Asia's sitting nowhere. But like isn't a, a moving average under the price and rising on GFI on the ten year? Barely. It got caught oh, up in barely, this, yeah. like this. It got caught up in then one day and then it sank again. What so, about on the five gold, year? Five year show? Gold has been a little bit weekly here. Oh, there's no, hey, there's no doubt about it because it can't get the RSI through 60 if, on, the, on the monthly graph. If you can't get through 60, you know, my view on the RSI is that's the top. So if you get through 60, that'll open up an acceleration door and an acceleration door would be very exciting, but that's not happening yet. But if it does start happening, you know, I think uh, GFI would probably benefit and HMY, uh, which is up about 20% in the last month. Uh, HMY is very cheap. GFI, it looks like it on at least this is a daily. It's a five year, five year, and see the the RSI be going flat, so it's not really anymore. It's not well. It has been rising, but it's not declining. Yeah. So that low could, if this low holds, then I would anticipate that the mine back all this. Now you, the, and, the the GFI you're looking at says gold fields, correct? Yes, it does. Because yes. I really see, needed to get it. I wanted to get above thirteen twenty five and then fourteen twenty five to open up the. The runway I think you got a very level. hot chance. I think you got a very strong chance it'll. Be- yeah, I mean maybe by April. April you know of twenty twenty four. I'm kind of looking. I'm looking a little. I'm looking a little further down the road. I'm trying to you know look a little further down the road. You know, gold went um, down to nineteen twenty five. I think it might do it before April. So the the challenge would be can it get well, stay right. up there? Can it stay up yeah. there? So yeah, I and that was but I think just even on my daily, it's looking like yeah, it should get above thirteen twenty five pretty easily. Fourteen twenty-five would be it's a dollar. Uh, well, that would be a big breakout. That would be a big breakout at that point. Yeah, it's very similar to what we saw. But don't forget, this—it's just pulling back. Because see that gorgeous breakout that? It yeah, it's just pulling back because of that. So I would think I'm mean, just straight fibs, guys. So it's not like you know this is like hardcore. It's not it's just based on fibs. There you go, Jim. There's your first stop, fifteen. And if we're doing it on a fib basis, and we're expecting a leg up to equal the leg that it did off of the low to that high, you're looking at sixteen. Now, is copper making a deal? FCX, because, you know, that thing uh, seems to be holding that 3035 area and it's starting to creep a little bit higher. And there's some talk that if China really gets their thing going, it's going to use up a lot of copper. So what are you seeing on FCX? Just a buck today. Again, everything did the, because we had a stuff going, whole thing. Coming up off of this, you know what? It's a two. Yeah. It's gotten above the 20. It's gotten above the 8. It's above moving averages. Target is likely the 200, which is at 38.70 right now. Right. I think you could, if this is ABC and you got strong tracement, toning in on 382, which is 37.30, then you got 50, 38.76, and you got four. So good run back up. It's just taking it back to 618, and that's just of the dark side. Now, in the silver market, uh Pan America Silver, P-A-A-S. Is there any potential to that if silver got moving? P-A-A-S. Peter, Apple, Apple, Sam. If, you know, if silver could catch a bit and they hold it, skyrocket. But it's been held, it's been held low for so long. Yeah. That I think that any time it gets a bid, you get the longs, you're like, I'm done. I'm done holding it. I have to get yeah. out. Well, because of higher for longer rates, you know, high rates uh, is gravity to asset prices. And that's one right. of the reasons why our asset prices are going through the roof, because they're screaming that gravity has left the room, meaning we're not yeah. going to have high rates. Yeah. And if that's the case, then there's a reason why there's a reason why if the gravity is leaving the room, then asset prices can uh, really soar. And uh, yeah, like the question is, is yeah. if, gravity, if gravity leaves the room, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, they're, hey, true, listen, they're betting gravity's. Believe me, they're betting and betting big gravity's leaving the room. So, you know, it better leave the room.
if this thing's going to go higher, yeah. otherwise it, it's going to control again. I like that analogy. Yeah. Um, but back to Pan American, I, you know, this is five down, three up. This is, this, this is just five down, three up, sort of be one down, two, sort of like the three. It looks like it outside. But again, being that it's attached to silver doesn't mean that it follows perfect. It's a different no. type. It's a different animal because there's such different things that, that affect it primarily right. prices. Right. Which has been a massive dis- I don't know how you're feeling. Well, it's just, you know, there's a number called 26. And if you can start turning above 26 and get off to the races, uh, yeah. and if it can't, then it's just going to be like gold at 2100. You know, it's going to keep going up and failing, keep going to go up and failing. Yeah. But uh, the gold has shown some good. Uh, let, let's look at the gold because I thought that 1925 neighborhood was very important to hold and it did hold. So, you oh, yeah, know, it and, it, and it's still. Uh, yeah. Yep, I thought that was a very important neighborhood to hold, and it did. So if it gets underneath 1925, then I think uh, you're in a little bit of trouble with the gold. Now, if we can start getting above 1980, 1990, 2000, and get that darn RSI into the 60s, mid-60s or higher, then an acceleration phase isn't off the table. Right. If they're going to cut three times next year, if they're going to cut three times next year or four times next year, it's not a big um, leap across the Snake Canyon to figure out gold might go up. Um, but you can see my target. I think that we had a nice little triangle. We launched up out of the tennis up a little. We launched up out of the triangle just as it's, we did five up, putting a one there. Even if I'm in a minor five, it's going to consider five waves of this color. That's one. Here's two. We're entering into a third. And we're still. And then they did this. So I'm agreeing with you. I'm thinking of 1966. 1966. I say 58's got to hold. I, I, your number's even below. I would not want to see it below 1935 because it just changed. And it just, no, exactly. I, I mean, this like, is, listen, listen. We're going into December, January, and February. I think those are historically pretty good months for gold. And so the bottom line is, is you had a correction down to a 1925 neighborhood. You're back on the upswing. I think the calendar's starting to be favorable to you. This idea that the rates are going to go away is, I think, favorable to gold because, you know, the high rates are tough on asset prices. So, yeah. you know, I, I think look, it's very interesting. Food. Then they look at the other conversation. Uh, well, maybe this, maybe that. And because I'm a, I'm stymied thinking like, wait, dollars down pretty heavy, not not something small. And gold, you're, gold is down a whole lot more than this, right? Gold is $13 lower than we're early. So it's recovering. So I'm like, well, what drove it down? So I, 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 or I just, I'm not massively disappointed as long as I can do a one, two. I'm like, well, get yeah. it going. They did yeah. that beautiful rally last week on the 14th, right? Bam, pull back, do another solid rally, get it up. Like, okay, you're going to 2000. No, whack, whack. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's what to I'm me- trying to say. It's a, it's a frustrating market because, you know, that RSI is keeping it back in my, in my view. Um, because people can see the RSI is up in that high 50s, near 60. They can see that that's where it failed from before. And, um, you know, maybe they, they made it, maybe they don't trust the uh, Fed's going to be cutting, you know. But, uh, uh, well, I think we covered pretty much it all. Uh, we could just look at crypto, GBTC for your Bitcoin, GBTC. I mean, I got bullish on this thing back in May, so it's, I'm not that interested in it here. Um Actually, I didn't hear you. Uh, Gary, Bobby, Tommy, Charlie. Grayscale Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, this thing. You know, this thing was given by signals. You know, way back in uh, in May. Bitcoin heading back to favor. Yeah, 
now it's back and but that's oh yeah no they, I mean, and uh, they are saying that the younger generation view this more as a uh, hedge than the gold because they see more utility in it than the gold you know they, they can't see themselves yeah. taking krugerrands and bar- bartering with krugerrands but people accept bitcoin as currency then the dollar is going to go who's right um, <laughs> but i i see this as a one three for a little bit oh yeah new high and then we pull but it should be and then the uh, the other the other one that comes from the crypto is ETHE Edward Thomas Harry Edward Edward Oops. Thomas Harry Edward and that's another one that gave buy signals back in the May time frame and uh, you know it's been a nice run yeah there's the there's the bing bing in my my opinion is that these trade on a regulated exchange and their volume is millions of shares a day or you could open a wallet with some place that you don't know and uh, put money in there. And, you know, the next thing, the guy's in the Bahamas uh, with three names, Sam something freed or whatever. You know? yeah. 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 I'd rather have something that's on an exchange that's regulated and we, and we can kind of keep an eye on it a little bit better right. than uh, some uh, wallet somewhere somehow. But that's what the modern thing is, is to do the wallet thing. Well, that's because we do have a few and we're going to stop. This will be the last. Sure. Our buddies, you do know who they hired over the week? No, who? Sam, Sam Altman. Oh yeah, that went over like a little <laughs> balloon. Huh? There you go. <laughs> and now suddenly everybody's like, "Oh, you know what? Microsoft's up eight. Yeah. So yeah, I I've always been a fan of Microsoft. The one thing it cannot escape is just like I'm going to use your term, gravity. Yeah. It goes up because everybody's buying back in because it is that bad news or good news. It's like, I think for Microsoft, Microsoft will listen to him say, I, you know, that he's very bullish on AI, but he thinks that yeah. some controls need to be put over it before AI takes over humanity. Everybody wants to laugh yeah. at that statement, but it's like, if just let him make the full case for it. we yeah. can't have a program out running by itself. There always has to be the human interaction because there has to have some controls of being stopped. Otherwise, it can just if we had a an an algorithm that was AI controlled and it was to buy something, keep buying it. Well, until the algorithm is told to do differently, <laughs> that's exactly what it's going to do. So I think so price when distortions we, could be pretty big. Yeah, yeah. So I like the fact that that he first of all he got fired. So AI's lost, chat GPT's lost, and Microsoft's like, come on, get over here. We think yeah. you're brilliant, and here's some money, come and help us. So I think yeah. it strengthens Microsoft's AI position. Yeah, You might be buying in early. You might be buying because you got expiration coming on Friday, a shortened week. So all right. this kind of good stuff as, as an options trader. But I think in a long-term picture, as far as AI, I think Microsoft can start taking the lead on a lot of different well, they seem to be. You know, well, the, the weird thing, too, uh, is that uh, isn't Microsoft one of the main investors in OpenAI or the main? Uh, yeah. GPT, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so they they went and grabbed the leader. It's like, OK, fine. You yeah. don't want him. We do. Yeah. And so what's that tell you? So they still have both. Makes you, yeah. It kind of makes you think it's like, oh, so who are they really investing? The company or the person? Right. Now that the person's gone, is Microsoft making a statement? It's like I don't know, Chappy. I don't. We don't know what your chances are going public. Right. Who's going Who's going to put the billions of dollars more in? Microsoft can afford it, right? If they lose that in investment, they just picked it up by hiring. Hiring. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Altman. Whatever he knew over there, he can know locally now. Absolutely. And keep it. In All right. Microsoft. Let's uh, tell people how to get a hold of you, Michael, and. Uh... 
And uh, if you have any special offers, you might want to mention them. Um, I actually don't have any special offers, but you get a hold of me by uh, my email is michaelmjunpartner.com. Uh, what I do have at the moment is I do a daily update on YouTube. And my channel is Traders Helping Traders and then name because someone else snatched the name Traders Helping Traders on YouTube. So combine the two and you'll find me. And so I do a daily update on the P500 and NASDAQ 100. I do weeklies, which is I usually will open up to the big, big technical picture. And then also I uh, most of the time will include uh, treasuries, gold, dollar, Um I also provide coaching and I also have a trade room, but both are, are very short-term focused. Any questions, please email oh, me. Yeah. And what's the email again? Michael at MJF, the number one partners.com. Perfect. Okay, guys. And as far as uh, I'm Jim, the option professor, as far as uh, optionprofessor.com, you go over to the website, O-P-T-I-O-N professor.com and uh, put your information in. I'll come back to you and I'll explain how I send you a link to the indicators I use to figure out when to uh, market direction. And then basically uh, we have an online meeting where I can go over your questions, uh, have your stuff uh, gone through my indicators. A lot of people have found out that have been very valuable, either avoiding losses or spotting opportunity. And so we do all that up front for you. And then we, uh, we go from there. So um, optionprofessor.com, put your information in there, and then I'll get back to you personally. And um, I'll send that link over to you and we'll have a talk. Uh, David, thanks a lot. And, uh, Michael, thanks a lot. We'll, uh, have, let's have a good Turkey day and we'll talk to you guys after the holiday. Same to you, Jim. All right. Thanks guys. Great discussion as always. So just a quick reminder for everyone, be sure to subscribe to Timing Research on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Uh, or you can also just go to timingresearch.com to get access to any of the past shows and uh, presentations there. Um, and, uh, I just want to thank my guests again for today, Michael Filigera of Logical Signals com and tradershelpingtraders.com and also the option professor of optionprofessor.com. Thanks everyone. Thank you.